0: Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. Can we give God some praise for what He's doing in your church? Isn't it amazing? We are living in the midst of revival and a miracle, and I'm so honored to be part of it. Welcome to church today. Are you glad you're at church today? At all of our locations, I want to greet us. We are one church, seven locations. You guys at North Tampa and Clearwater, St. Petersburg, Brandon, the Heights, those online, South Tampa, you're looking great today. God is doing incredible things. Uh, my name is Aaron Burke, and I'm just glad to be with you today. It's a really special day. As you saw in the video, uh, this is a Sunday where at the very end of the service, we're going to worship God through our generosity. And we worship God through our generosity every week, but this Sunday is special because 100% of the giving. It's going to go towards our legacy um, projects and what we're going to do to accelerate the vision of the church. So we designate this whole Sunday as a place to really bring a special gift to the Lord and I've prepared you for it. I've told you about it for weeks. And so um, before I tell you kind of what it's going towards, let me celebrate what's happened over the last year. Because a year ago on this Sunday, we actually uh, had our legacy offering that went and, and launched so much of what we're doing now. So one of our first big miracles is, and I know they're joining us right now, is our Clearwater location was launched this year. come on to God be the glory for that so excited about that and what God's gonna do we were able to uh, respond immediately when the war broke out in Ukraine and you guys gave almost $140,000 to helping with refugees through that war it's incredible our Easter this last year we had 9,866 people attend Easter at Radiant Church hundreds of people everything over 300 people gave their life to Christ can we give God some praise for that just at Easter We launched Foundations just over a year ago. We had our first completed year, and 800 people completed their first year of Foundations getting grounded in their faith, knowing their theology, knowing what the Bible says, how we should live. It's a huge, huge win as a church. Um, Hurricane Ian came by and uh, and devastated South Florida. You guys responded, we gave over $116,000 to minister to those who are in South Florida. And so it sent multiple teams down and multiple stuff. Uh, just last week, I'm so blown away by this, is that we asked you guys to give gifts to uh, the children in the foster care system. And so we we expected a few hundred gifts to show up and you guys um, blew us away. Over 3,000 gifts were given to those in the foster care system from our church. Come on, that's a big deal. Celebrate that. This is our first year ever. I've had it as a life goal since I was young that I would be part of this. And we made it happen first year yet ever to give a million dollars away to missions. This year, we are past that mark to God be the glory. And last but not least, and I want you to go crazy for this because this is the number that counts the most is that this year we've seen 3,391 people make decisions for Christ. Come on, give God some praise for that Trinity Church. He's worthy of it, amen what it's all about and and there's so many other wins we've launched an album this year to god be the glory marriage is restored kids came to faith we launched our first kids uh, discipleship program called epic hundreds of kids getting ministered to you guys are making a difference in jesus name so what do we do from here So uh, we could pause and we could just keep doing what we're doing right now and and do church as normal. But I just have this firm belief that we can't stay doing what we're doing. We got to keep focusing. We got to keep reaching people for Jesus. And um, I read a stat the other day that said by the end of 2024, um, uh, that it's two years from now, 120,000 new residents will have moved into the Tampa Bay area. 120,000. So you know what that shows me is those people are going to need a church. They're going to they're going to need their marriage restored. They're going to need to know how to raise their kids in the faith. And we're going to be on the front lines of reaching them for Jesus. So um, here's what we're going to do in this next year. I want you all to be praying for it. I want you all to give towards it. Um, I believe it's all going to happen, but it will happen at the rate of your generosity. So um, first of all, we are just over a month away from launching our eighth campus in West Chase. Ladies and gentlemen, to God be the glory for that. Excited about that. Our, our Clearwater building, which was announced in the video, I went there the other day. If you're on, if follow me on social media, I did a little tour of it. It's unbelievable. It's under construction, and it should be open in the next couple of months. So that is going to be ready to go. Re- reaching people right in that Clearwater, Bel Air area. It's an incredible, incredible facility. To God be the glory for that. We're going to pay for it all in cash. We've already um, purchased the facility in cash. We paid off the mortgage uh, because of just a margin and the generosity of our church. So thank you all for that. Um, I went to North Tampa this last week, checked out the building. We are under construction. We are making it happen. Our goal is to open that facility by Easter of this next year. So uh, it's going to cost some money to renovate it. We're paying for it all in cash. To God be the glory, no debt, and God is good. Um, I'm believing, and I know they're with me right now, so I want to just celebrate them. Uh, I'm really believing this is the year. This is the year that we are going to have a St. Petersburg facility. We are praying and praying and praying. and, and what God's done in North Tampa, what God's done in Clearwater, do it in St. Petersburg. That is such a healthy, thriving campus, and it needs a facility. And we're praying for it, so we're going to put a portion of legacy offering towards that. And um, and and so I'm believing that. I'm also believing the same thing for our brand and location. Our brand and location is three services. It's packed out. They're reaching people for Jesus, and they're out of space, especially in kids. Like they're just very fertile out there, in Brandon. I don't know what the deal is. But um, we're, we're, we're believing God for some property. I can't announce it yet, but we're in the middle of a deal that I'm just praying that the Lord makes happen. It would be a miracle deal for the Brandon area. So pray for that. i um, excited about that. South Tampa. I've said it for years. God is going to give us a place. Um, We raised $5 million for it two years ago. We have that money set aside. Um, We've used a little bit here and there to like renovate where we're at, make it better every year. But we're really praying. I'm driving around this community all the time. Praying circles around buildings, property, land. It's hard in South Tampa. This place is expensive. But God is going to do it. I just don't know when he's going to do it. And we're going to be ready for it. So we're going to keep saving. We're going to keep putting money aside. So keep praying for me in that. Um, And then last two things. I'm believing this year we're going to give $1.5 million to missions. Can we make it happen? To God be the glory. And last but not least, here's my big goal for 2023. Ready? Before we hit... Our 10-year anniversary is next year. I'm believing next year, our calendar year, 2023, that we'll see 1,000 people baptized in a single year. Can we do it together as a church? Amen? So that's what legacy is all about. Let's accelerate the vision. We'll do everything on that list. We just will get it done quicker with your participation. So I don't have a numerical goal planned for today, but I do have a participation goal planned for uh, that I'm praying for today. And I'm praying that 100% of us participate. Whether it's big or whether it's small, let us give to accelerate the vision. And uh, honestly, it's not for me, by the way. I I don't need any more space. I only, I preach from like here to here. I don't need a bigger stage. I don't even need more chairs. I have a chair right there. We sit in every week. So it's got a reserve sign on it. I don't even need more chairs. But I think the people in our community need a place. I think we need to play. I think they need more locations. We need to reach more people for God's glory and for God's honor. It's not about building radiant. It's about building the kingdom of God in the Tampa Bay area. So let's do it. We're gonna do it at the end of this service. We'll have a little little moment. We'll give to God. And uh, we don't even pass buckets, so it's not weird. We're not gonna like, you know, like, hey, this is the moment. Like, just give to God. You give online, you give all those different ways. Let's do it at the end of the service. Y'all ready to get in God's word today? I said, are we ready for God's word today? We are in part 13 of our series through the book of Romans. If you've missed any of the weeks, check them out on YouTube. Um, it's been probably my favorite series I've ever preached here at Radiant. I'm got, diving deep into the theology. Paul wrote this letter to the church to kind of ground us in the faith, and let us know what we believe, and then who we are. So chapters 1 through chapter 8 is all about the gospel. It's all about how bad sin is, how great grace is. And so we've learned all of that. And then we got to chapter 9 a few weeks ago, and uh, learned all about how we're supposed to act as Christians, and what the Christian life is supposed to be like. And so um, here, here's the news. Ready? Next Sunday. Say next Sunday. Next Sunday is the finale of our Romans series, so don't miss it. I know our kids are singing in our services. It's a lot of fun next Sunday, but don't miss it. It's the finale of our Romans series, and uh, I think it's going to be powerful. Today, we're going to dive into Romans chapter 14, and Paul is addressing really a lot of the issues that we have in the church, and he's giving us a focus that I think is so crucial for your life. Today's message is monumental for who you're called to be and what you're called to focus on. as a believer. And we're going to pick up in Romans chapter 14. We're going to pick up in verse one. He says, accept the one whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matters. And we see that all the time in the church. There's all these disputable matters. There's all these things that, that everybody thinks is like the number one thing we should focus on. And he says, listen, don't make those the big deal. And he chose us what we should make a big deal later on. But then he goes into verse two. And let me just say this. Verse two, has kind of been a life verse for me, especially when I was younger. I remember sitting at the dinner table with my parents and, and I would address verse two multiple times. So maybe you're, you're a child in here today, maybe you're in third grade, fourth grade, and there's a little conflict between you and your parents. Verse, three, verse two will help you in a little of that. Look what he says. Uh, it says, one person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another whose faith is weak eats only what? Vegetables, Okay, that's what the Bible says. So you don't want to eat your spinach. You tell your mama, my faith is strong. I don't eat those weak things called vegetables to God be the glory. Or just a little little knock on vegetarians right there. We love y'all. You're welcome here also. <laughs> that's funny. He gets, he, he, he gets us into this place where he says, listen, there's always going to be something that you're going you're gonna to try to focus on as a Christian. And if you've been around Christianity long enough, so you've been in the church long enough. You realize everybody's kind of got their bent. Everybody's got their focus. Some people it's it's on you know worship styles. Other people it's on you know how the service flow happens. Other people the church should be focused on community. Or others it's the end times. Or others it's the church government. Or others it's the gifts of the spirit. Others it's global missions, theology, apologetics, the creation story, Jewish culture, different kind of worship songs. Some it's the hymns. Others it's the Reformation, our church history, other people are all focused on justice and race relationships and politics and adoption, feeding the poor, all incredible things. So what do we focus on? And Paul addresses it in chapter 14. That's the whole idea of today's message. We're going to start in verse seven and look what he says, for none of us lives for ourselves alone. And none of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord. And if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or we die, we belong to the Lord. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. He takes this whole idea of all of these disputable things that the church has made their main focus, and he says, no, "No, no. Here's what you focus on. Here's what you make your life about." That's why we titled today's message. It's your thirteenth I am statement. I want you to write it down. It's I am leaving a legacy. I am leaving a legacy. I am leaving a legacy. When Paul addresses the Christians, he's showing them what we need to do to leave a legacy. With our life. What is a legacy? Write it down. It's the impact or the impression that you leave behind. It's really what people are gonna say about you one day at your funeral, which by the way, that's a really good exercise to do. Every once in a while, you write out your eulogy and and I had someone challenge me on this and said, okay, what do you want people to say about you? And so I started writing it out and then I started looking at what I wrote out versus what how I'm living and I'm going, there's some gaps here. And so there's some things I need to do different if I want this to be true. If I, I, I wanna make sure that I, I've treated my family in such a way and I was generous in such a way. I want to make sure that the way I, I poured into the church was that I wrote it all out in this eulogy. I made sure that, that, I, that it's a eulogy that focused on, on making fun of cats. Like, I had to put that in there. Like, so it's like I was like, I'm lacking on cat jokes, so I need to focus on that more. You, you got to figure out what is it that you want to make your life, you got to make it about. Let me ask you this question. You can write it down. If, if you died today, what would your legacy be? What what would people say about you? What would be celebrated? What would people say was the focus of your life? And I think that has to be evaluated. That's the whole point of today's message, that we reevaluate what the legacy of our life is all about. What are we truly focused on? But I actually believe that that question is a question that's been asked a lot that's the wrong question. Because who cares what you want your life to be about? Let me say, here's the right question. I want you to write it down. The right question is, what does God desire my legacy to be? Amen. What does he desire me to be? What, what, how did, why did he create me uniquely? Why did he design me in this way? If he intricately fashioned me in my mother's womb, what was the purpose behind it? And what am I supposed to do with my life? Because remember what Paul says. Paul says, you were bought at a price Therefore, because of what Jesus did for us, therefore we gotta honor God with your body. Like we gotta say, this body belongs to the Lord, so I'm gonna live in such a way that honors him with my life. And that's what's being addressed here. Hey, don't make your life focused on all these other things. Make it focused on what really, really counts. So I'm going to give you the Christian legacy today that I think is so significant and so substantial from just those three verses we read. And this could be life-changing if you lean into it. So let's pick up in verse seven. I think it'll be so important for you to get it. Look what he says. Here's our first legacy. This should be the focus. Ready? For none of us lives for ourselves alone. And none of us dies for ourselves alone. He focuses our life and says, here's, here's what a legacy is. And I want you to write it down. And I'll put these all in statements that you should be able to make about your life. Here's the first one. Write it down. A Christian legacy is, I did not live for myself. I did not live for myself. Now, this is hard. Because everything in our culture in our world says do what makes you feel good, make it about you treat yourself, have your your you know your moment to put you first and we have been taught in our culture that it's all about us and really it's something that we're ingrained in I've got five kids I love them to death but let me tell you they are born into selfishness. Selfishness is what is in our life. It's all about them. Everybody says like, oh, what's their first words? You know, everybody, it's a, it's a lie. They're like, my first words are mama or dad." dada. Let me tell you what a kid's first words are, ready? Mine, <laughs> mine, those are first words. Why, it's all about what can I have? What's mine? It's, it's who we are. I've heard it said this way, that we are born into selfishness, but we are born again as generous. <laughs> So we're we're born selfish. We're born again generous. So something's got to change in our life to make sure that we don't let that selfishness come back up because it comes into all of our relationships, doesn't it? it? The number one thing that'll kill any relationship is selfishness. I've seen it in my marriage. I'll, I still deal with this a lot, and I'll, I'll make these I'll have these moments where I just make a dumb selfish decision. I, I I did one the other day, which by the way, um, I want to give my wife a shout out because today is her 39th birthday, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Happy birthday, Katie Burke. The best, the best, the best. This church would not be where it's at if it wasn't for Katie Burke. And so, um, so the other day I went and worked out and uh, came, was going home from the gym. And when I went home from the gym, I was like, I really want a smoothie. So I went to uh, the, the store and I got a smoothie. So I just grabbed a smoothie. I didn't think it was a big deal. And then I went home with that smoothie. So now y'all are laughing because you know where this story is going. Cause I walked in and Katie was there and she's like, "Oh, you went and got a smoothie," and I'm like, "Yeah, I got a smoothie." And she's like, "Well, you didn't think about getting me a smoothie or texting me or calling me about a smoothie." And I'm like, "Well, you, you didn't work out today." No, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Don't say that. That's not okay. Didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> And I was wrong. I said, I didn't, I I didn't realize it It didn't even, I I said the same, I said, it didn't even cross my mind. She's like, well, that's the issue. That's the issue. How do you not even think in your mind? Like the first, why? Because our default is always selfishness. So I learned a big lesson. Okay, let me help all my friends out here today, all right? Especially you young guys that are in relationships. Let me help you ready? All right, so if you go get a smoothie, get her a smoothie. I learned that lesson. Here, here, here's the second lesson. Ready? Second lesson, because this was as important. If you don't get her a smoothie, don't bring your smoothie into the house. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to help my brothers out in the house today, right? <laughs> Every issue we have in our relationships is because of selfishness. Amen. That is why Paul wrote it this way. He says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, here's what you do you value others you put others above yourself. That's a life of legacy. That's what Paul says. He says, I'm not gonna live for myself. I'm not gonna make it about myself. Um, This is is so crucial that we find ways to put others first. That's why in the season of Christmas where everything's about getting, 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 we say, no, we're gonna make it about giving, giving, giving. Because why? Because we're gonna not make our lives about us, we're gonna make it about others. And we're gonna rid selfishness out of our life, but we're also gonna rid, rid it out of everything thing that we do. We're going to rid it out of our purpose. We're going to rid it out of our goals. And we're going to say, we're going to be people that are selfless and generous instead of selfish like the rest of the world is. Paul says it this way. No one should seek their, their own good, but the good of others. In other words, this is the life that we live. We're all about making sure it's about others. I wrote it down this way. Your significance thrives when your selfishness dies. It's good preaching right there. Write it, tweet it, put it on Instagram and let, it, let you understand your legacy that God wants for your life starts when you realize I'm not living for myself anymore. Yep. It's not about what I can get. It's not about what I can acquire. Yeah, what I can it's not what, 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 what all of this about me, 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 me. It, it's a empty way to live. Amen. I, I heard it said this way. You make a living by what you get, but you make a life by what you give. So good. What a great quote. And I want to live a life in such a way that I, I'm making it about others. That's why we intentionally find ways, like with the, with the gifts for the foster care t- children. We're going to find ways. We're going to make it about other people. We're going to make it about other people because that's how we start our legacy. Look at verse 8. He goes on and he takes it another step forward because let me just say this. Any atheist or heathen could do verse 7 and they could make it, in, make it about other people but that's different than the legacy you're called to live. Cause you're not called to just make it about other people. He actually takes it another step forward. And this is where it's going to get a little intense, hold on your seat, buckle your seatbelt for just a few minutes. And then it's going to get light and fun at the end. But verse eight is where I really want to re-emphasize to our church, what our legacy is supposed to be about. Look what he says, verse eight. He says, if we live, we live for the Lord. Amen. And if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or we die, we belong to what? The Lord, y'all with me today? Yes. So here's a Christian legacy. Write it down, number two. A Christian legacy is not just I didn't live for myself, but number two is I live for the Lord. Amen. My life belongs to him. Yes. And I'm going to live and I'm going to respond in such a way that I have lost my right to do it the, my way. And i now submitted to doing whatever God wants in my life. Yes. Let me remind you how good the good news is of the gospel. We've talked about this so many times in this series. But let me just remind you that we were lost in our sins, destined for an eternity away from God. But God, who is rich in mercy, abounding in love, sent his son. And Christ came, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died a horrific death for our sins. He rose from the grave conquering death, hell, and the grave. He ascended up to heaven, and he will come again. That is how good the gospel is. And now the ball's been put in our court, and the the calling is not join a church. It's not join a group. It's not, you know, feel good. The calling is to come and die, to take our lives, to lay them down and say, we are no longer going to live for ourselves. We're going to live for the Lord. We're going to follow the Lord. And that is the only proper response because of what Jesus did. And because of what Jesus did, He deserves everything that we have. So we have to refocus this idea of what it means to be a Christian. Because people ask you, like, "Well, what are I'm a Christian? I go to church. I'm a church going person." No, no. I want you to change your change your identity. Here here it is. The primary, and I want you to see this title: "The First Apostles Self Identified As." See, they're the first major Christians that changed the world, and here was the word that they self-identified at. Ready? Servant. Amen. Servant. This was a strong word. I'll break down the word in just a second, but I want you to see how when you read through the Bible, like we do every single year, reading through the Bible in a year, we'll start again, by the way, January 1st, and it's, it's a crucial thing we do. When we read through the Bible, we see how they identify themselves. And if I were writing the Bible, I feel like I would be too fleshly to identify the way they did. Because I'd be like Aaron Burke, you know, and I'd give all these accolades. And it's like, that's because that's our selfish desires. But they knew who their real identity was. Look how Paul said it. Paul says, he says, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus. That's how he opens up the book of Romans. Not like I've got something to teach you. I'm smarter than all of y'all. I speak multiple languages. No, he says, I'm a servant. He opened up another book saying it this way. He says, Paul, a servant of God. That's, that's how he identified himself. James, who is the brother of Jesus, if I was Jesus's brother, like we were related, I'd say, hey, my name's James, I'm, I'm better than all of y'all because I'm related to him, I'm related to him. And by the way, I beat him in an arm wrestling competition. Like I would bring up a bunch of those things. But that's not what he does, he says, James, he says, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look, look how Peter says it like this, Simon Peter, he says, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ. So uh, I'm I'm a servant. Uh, This is the first thing I'm going for. And look how Jude says it. Jude says, a servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James. And look how John does it, who wrote the book of Revelation. He says, he made it known by sending his angel to his what? Servant. Servant. Now this word servant, you go, yeah, yeah, I'm a servant of Christ. Let me remind you what this word means and I want us to lean into it because this is counter what American Christianity teaches us. And and if we're going to do anything as a church, we're going to live biblical instead of cultural. And we've got to stay focused on what it really means to be a Christian. So the word servant actually was the word, I want you to write down. It's a bond servant was what it meant. And here's what a bond servant was. Here's the definition, ready? It is one bound to service Without wages. That's right. Now that is harsh language because here's what that means today. If that was being translated today, we wouldn't use the word servant. We wouldn't use the word bond servant. Here's the word we would use today. We'd use the word slave. That's right. Now I know it's harsh and we're against slavery and in all forms, but I want you to understand this. This is how they saw themselves when it comes to God. Right. It's not Jesus is my homie big man upstairs you know yo me and the big man we're all good yeah yeah. Uh, it's not even co-worker it's not even christian it's i'm a slave to god and whatever he wants for my life i'm not doing it because i want something in return i'm doing it because i've lost my rights i've submitted them to him and i know his way is better than my way and his thoughts are better than my thoughts and where he's going to lead me is better than where i'm going to lead myself yeah. so we submit ourselves to him I, I, people ask me, they're like, when did you say yes to God about planning a church? People have asked me this small time. They're like, when was that moment? And that's, that's a big decision. You had to move down with your family, didn't know anybody. When did you say yes to God? I said, I said yes when I was 16 years old. They're like, 16 years old? You wanted to plan a church when you're 16 years old? I said, I had no clue right. that, that I wanted to do that. Amen. But I lost my rights at 16 years old when I submitted my life to Christ. Amen. Because of the yes I said then, it automatically defaulted me to say yes to anything else God wants in my life. So I don't know where we get this idea that we can just make our decisions. No, we go to the Lord. That's why we do legacy offering, by the way. Legacy offering. We've been training you for six weeks to say, don't do it yourself. Don't just sit there and look what's natural. Go to God. Pray. And then whatever God says, act on it. And you go, well, that's difficult. Here's God knows what's best for your life. And he's going to lead you to things and they're going to stretch you and they're gonna be difficult for you. And it's a stretch for you to invite your friend to church. But God'll lead you to it because he knows what's on the other side. It'll stretch you to give generously. But God will lead it to you because leads you to it. Why? Because he knows what's on the other side. He'll stretch you to serve in the dream team. And you'll go, oh, it's too difficult. But he brings you to it because he knows the fulfillment on the other side. He's a good father, he's a good master, he's a good Lord. Do it his way instead of your way, and watch how your legacy will be defined. By I live for God. Can we give a better praise than that today, church? Woo! I wrote it down this way, ready? God isn't a genie that gives me what I want. He is my Lord and I give him what he wants. Amen. Can we even change the way we pray? I've just, this idea of, God? just, God, give me this, give me this, give me this. You walk into your daily routine and say, God, what do you want for my life today? Yes. And watch how he'll lead and he'll guide you. Are y'all with me today, church? Yes. I'm helping you lead a leg- leave a legacy because it will change your life. Here's the last verse, verse 8, and I think this is so substantial. And he says it like this, if we die, we die for the Lord. Come on. So whether we live or we die, we belong. we belong to the Lord. Here's a Christian legacy, ready? It's not just that I live for the Lord. Number three, I died for the Lord. Yes. I died for the Lord. Now, I, I think you could take this in two different ways. You know, you could take it as like, I die daily for God. And we should do that. We've talked about that many times through the book of Romans, denying our flesh, laying down our, our will. But I want to take it another perspective of it actually of dying for your faith and the way, way of not being a martyr for your faith, even though that might be the case. But I, I'm not worried about you um, making the right choice whether to give your life. Um, if someone points a gun at your head and says, are you a Christian? I'm sure you'll say yes. Um, I think the odds of that happening are very slum to none. I think the real issue is I'm not worried about you dying for your faith um, in that tragic, crazy moment. I'm worried about you living for it faithfully every single day until you die naturally. Because I think a lot of people start this thing and a lot of people don't finish it well. Yeah. So, so let me just say some key things. Ready? The Bible says in Hebrews that people are destined to die yeah. Once. You don't get a do-over in this thing, all right? right. And after that, you're going to face a judgment. Now, by the way, there's two judgments that are af- after we die. So the first judgment is where we stand before the, the great white throne of God. And in and and that moment is where, you know, we are separated. We're separated from those who who have their faith in Christ and those who don't. And the only thing that's going to save you on that day is not how much money you gave, how, um, how nice you were to people, how great you were when it comes to charities. The only thing that's going to save you on that day is did you have Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That's the only thing that will save you on that day. And if you've not made that decision, you can make that decision today. Right. But people think that that's the last um, judgment. And there's actually not. There's actually a second judgment afterwards that it's all throughout scriptures. People just don't realize that they're two different judgments. They called it the judgment seat of Christ. Yeah. And it's at the judgment seat of Christ that now as believers we stand before God and we now are given our rewards in heaven. And we're now actually judged based on what we did with our life. So what you do doesn't get you into heaven, but once you're in heaven, what you do really doesn't matter. So one, you're going to die and you need to understand this, but now when you die, I want to make sure you die when you die, whether that's 50 years or hundred years or not for me, it's about 120 I'll be, uh, years, I'll finish preaching, go home, hug my wife and kids and great, great grandkids, and then I'll go to sleep and die. So that's my life. But when that moment, I want to make sure that, did you give it all to Jesus? Amen. Did you surrender it daily to him? Did you live a life not just on the mountaintops of your faith, but even in the valleys of your faith, saying, I'm I'm submitted to God. You see, the world celebrates passion, but I think God actually celebrates perseverance. The world celebrates how we start, but God's actually looking at how you're going to finish. And that's what he's saying when he says, not just did I live for God, but I died for God. I love that when you look at the martyrs in the the book of Revelation, it says they triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimonies. And they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Like I I just give God everything, even in difficult times, hard times, easy times, I give it all to him. Paul wrote it this way. We'll end with this passage. He says it like this way. I have fought the good fight. This is how I want you to end your life. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I finished the race. Like I made it a point that I I didn't just stop when it got hard. No, I kept fighting. I kept pursuing. I I, I did it when it was good. I did it when it was bad. I kept going. And and I finished the race. And he says it like this. And I kept the faith in a world that is abandoning faith. I'm staying strong. No, my legacy is I'm keeping the faith. I'm keeping focus. I know know everybody's looking at what's going on in the natural. I'm looking at the the, the supernatural. And I'm going to keep going. And I'm going to keep believing God even when it's tough. And when I do that, up to the day that I die. Now we understand as Paul writes, he says, now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. It's one of the last passages Paul wrote before he died. And his number one desire is that he would end well. I wanna just encourage you you can still end well. You make a decision today, I'm getting back up, Keep moving forward. I messed up, but my legacy is I'm gonna end well. I'm gonna end well. However much time God has given us left, I'm gonna live a life that honors him. Because write it down in your notes this way, success isn't determined by what people said on earth. I know you want people to say nice things at your funeral. Here's the real reality, you won't be there. Okay, you won't even hear it unless they tell it to you now, which is kind of awkward. It's determined by what God says when you enter eternity. More than anything else with my life. More than anything else. I want to get there on that day and I want the Lord to say, well done, Aaron. You ran the race I had out for you. You laid it all on the field, kept nothing back. You didn't get distracted by all those disputable matters. And it's hard. I know it's hard, but I've got to live that kind of legacy because that's a legacy that'll count. Would you do the same? I just want us to have a moment of surrender right now all across Tampa Bay. I think there's a moment right there in your seat the lord is realigning our priorities say god we just tell him tell him right there and you say god i just I submit again to you whatever you want with my life whatever you have planned for me whether it's good or bad whether it's fun or it's hard god whatever you want i just say yes When's the last time you just said yes to, just God, yes. Yes to your will. Yes to your plans. No matter how difficult it is, no matter how much it costs me, no matter what friends leave me, I want my life to count for eternity. I say yes to you, God. Submit it to you right now. We will not live for the things of this world. Come on, tell them right now, church. We will not live for the things of this world. But we belong to you, God. Let our legacy be that we did not live for ourselves. Let our legacy be that we live for the Lord. And God, let our legacy be that we died for the Lord. We laid it all out. And on that day that we breathed our last, that we'll step into eternity and you'll say, well done, good and faithful servant. In Jesus' name we pray. One last group. While your eyes are closed and your heads are bowed, there's one last group that's here today and you don't have a relationship with God. He loves you so much. He does. And your legacy starts when you surrender to Christ. You might have had decades of of bad living, decades of living in your sin. This is your moment to surrender it all to him. And if that's you right there in your seat, I want you to know God loves you and has a plan for your life. But our sins have separated us from God. So what do we do about those sins? We can't work them out ourselves. We have to surrender to Christ. We make him our Lord and our Savior. He'll save you from your sins and then he'll become in charge of your life and he'll lead you in a way of everlasting. And if that's you, on the count of three, I want you to make a bold decision right here in the room that you're in to throw that hand up on the count of three and say, today's my day. My legacy is about to change because I'm giving my life to Christ. I, I was born selfish, but I'm being born again, generous and being transformed right now. If that's you on the count of three, ready, one. Two, be bold. Ready? Three. Throw that hand up right there in your seat. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you at all of our locations. Thank you at St. Pete. Thank you for those in Brandon and North Tampa. Those are the heights in Clearwater. Come on, wave it at me. Put it right back down here in South Tampa. Thank you. Thank you all over this room. Why don't we all pray this prayer out loud together. Ready? Say, dear Jesus. Come on, say it loud. Dear Jesus, today I give you my life. Forgive my sin, my past, my present, and my future. Thank you for dying for me. I'm gonna live for you. Be my Lord and be my savior. For the rest of my life, I belong to you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, come on, can we celebrate those who just made the best decision ever? Come on, that's a big deal. Our location pastors are going to come in just a second. If you made that decision, we want to give you some direction. But we're going to end this service by worshiping God through our generosity. So you got that offering envelope right in front of you. If you do it that way, the old school way, then let's worship God that way. We have multiple ways to give. They're right here on the screen. You can give right here in person. You can give it right there on on uh, on um, the the website. But you can all now give crypto and all those crazy stocks and everything. I don't know how to do all that, but you got the idea but let's accelerate the vision. Let's make our legacy count. Let's not just make our legacy count. Let's make the legacy of this church where we're gonna impact radiant Tampa Bay for the glory of God. Thank you guys for being behind it. Thank you guys for giving generously. It's a stretch give, I know it, but I'm telling you, God will honor it. And I believe we're gonna be celebrating all throughout eternity. I I just think we're gonna have like a row of those mansions in heaven. It's gonna be a radiant row. Come on, somebody. We're all gonna be partying together for eternity. And we're gonna celebrate for what the Lord did in these few short years that we have on on planet earth to make an impact for the kingdom of God. I also think it's crazy, I'm just saying this as you're preparing to give, that our church a year from now is gonna be packed out with a bunch of people who right now are so far away from God and the last thing on their mind is church. Their marriages are wrecked. They don't know how to raise their kids. Their finances are all messed. but they're gonna find Christ through a campus that's being launched, through some outreach in their community. And they're gonna come and they're even gonna participate next year in legacy, not knowing that their life was changed because of a group of people that gave that didn't even know their name. That's how the kingdom of God works, amen? Let's make a difference in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for the legacy gift of 2022. Let it make a difference in Jesus' name. Lord, we give it as a sacrifice to you today. We give it and we lay down our lives and we say it's for you. So whatever you've told us to give, we're gonna be faithful even if it stretches us. Lord, let it build your church that the gates of hell will not be able to prevail against it. Now, as their pastor, God, I pray, for blessings over them as they give to you. Lord, we know we'll we'll see rewards in eternity, but I pray rewards now, increases and bonuses and promotions. Lord, breakthrough in their health, in their family. Lord, when it comes to their, their mind, every area of their life, let it prosper as we sow into your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, come on, give God praise one more time, amen. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.